Del Cinema, the show that explores the history behind the making of and the influence of some of comedy's greatest films. I'm Jordan Wold, one of your hosts. And I'm Emily Walborn, one of your other hosts. And that's it. We're the we're each one of the hosts. Mm-hmm. Today we are and talking Heather's. That's right. Our final movie in our I don't know, fucked up rom com series. Totally twisted. Completely crazy. And a little bad. <laughs> Not quality wise, but in terms no. of behavior. No. All of them have been very good movies. That's true. Top tier. Today, Heathers, mm-hmm. directed by Michael Lehman, mm-hmm. written by Daniel Waters. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting star combo. Debut film for both. Yeah, well, we'll get into. It. They would go on to work together later, but nothing that would hit the hit the highs of of With Heather's. Hudson Hawk just didn't hit the same. Hudson Hawk, one of the most infamous bombs of all time. Exactly. Exactly. Often, Got a golden raspberry for it, right? Yeah, those golden raspberries, they're cruel. Hudson Hawk is, is an example of when the star develops their own material, like Bruce Willis wrote the treatment for that. Mm-hmm. I feel it can very rarely turn out well if it's someone yep. who doesn't have a history writing or producing. Sure. Well, but Daniel Waters wrote it, though. It's true. He, he expanded on. But, you know, I, I feel like if... If Bruce Willis has story by credit, the foundation <laughs> of your script might not be the strongest. It's true. It's true. All right. It's 1989. Mm-hmm. What the heck is going on around this time? Well, it's Reagan's America. And in <laughs> uh, the world of comedy, we're sort of reaching the peak of John Hughes um, sure. in particular. Um, because partially I would say this movie is intentionally or not kind of a reaction to it is intentional, which I think we'll talk about a little bit in a little bit. Wow. Um, but yeah, you know, we're a few years out from things like 16 candle, pretty, pretty in pink, um, breakfast club Mm -hmm. this year we got uncle buck. So you've, it's already, um, John Hughes is varying his formula a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of sequels, Ghostbusters 2, Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. Um, Parenthood is, you know, a comedy drama, mm-hmm. pretty successful that year. Bill and Ted. Um, but also I think worth noting, this is the year of um, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, which is not a comedy, but mm-hmm. does kick off the sort of the revival of the, well, the American independent movement. Mm-hmm. of the 90s which this movie has no part of but makes sense that it pops up around the time weirder indies are starting to get to do their own thing absolutely and around this time too i think we're kind of hitting the peak like 80s comedy star movies we mm-hmm. get a couple of tom hanks steve martin mm-hmm. john candy um eddie murphy are all big around mm-hmm. this time. Um yeah, and like you're mentioning, I mean we got 
in 80, pretty much from 84 to like 87, we're really hitting the John Hughes-esque teen comedy world, even if they aren't part of that, of if they, mm-hmm. even if they aren't directly his movies, like Can't Buy Me Love is also around this time. Back to the Future not a John Hughes, but mm-hmm. it does feel very, it feels like what an adventure version of a John Hughes movie yeah. would be. Um, Ferris Bueller, Breakfast Club, all of these um, kind of idealized, picturesque high school movies. Yeah, rich suburbanites mm-hmm. who don't, for the most part, have real problems. Now, some of John Hughes' movies certainly do tread into what might be more real problems, uh, quote-unquote, like in uh, Pretty in Pink and Breakfast Club. You see mm-hmm. that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly nothing like what we see in Heather's. That's true. And... And I mean, like with John Hughes, I feel like you kind of more want the existential problems because mm-hmm. he clearly doesn't know a whole lot about <laughs> about anything actively troubling, you know, like a lower class kid of the day. Um, but yes, Heather's is very, very openly dark uh, yes. the entire time. Yes. Um, like you said. Directed by Michael Lemon, Lehman. I w- I went Lehman, but it might be Lemon. Just because it's L E H, Lemon. 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 Maybe it's French. Um. There. So, what's actually getting more interesting, honestly, is the writing of it. Spec script by mm-hmm. Daniel Waters, who, uh, loved Kubrick. And wanted mm, to get yeah. this script to Kubrick yeah, yeah. to direct because he said, I think he said at one point, Kubrick's the only one that can get away with a three-hour movie, which makes right. me wonder if he wanted to do three hours of Heather's. <laughs> yeah, that seemed to be my impression upon reading that. Yeah. I don't know where the extra hour 15 comes from, but I mm-hmm. believe I believe that it was in there at one point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um Really admired Kubrick's Dr. Strangelove. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, the cafeteria scene near the start of Heather's is an homage to Full Metal Jacket. Interesting. Which I haven't seen, so I don't know. But have you seen that one? Uh, I last saw and only saw Full Metal Jacket on a on a small TV on the way back from a debate tournament. In the back of a van. So I've seen it, but it was not an optimal viewing experience. <laughs> okay, so neither of us can really comment on this homage then. No. All I know is I was pissed watching that movie because the guy who wanted to show it to everyone wouldn't wouldn't shut up. It's like, well, <laughs> well I can't hear if, anything. I can't hear anything over you doing Trevor Noah bits. What? He was a big fan of Trevor Noah's stand-up, if you can believe it. My word. That's very anyway. interesting. The only one. <laughs> um, so he tried to get it to Kubrick quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And then when, for some reason, that wouldn't work, <laughs> he got it 
he had a mutual connection with Michael Lemon. I'm going to go Lemon. I'm just going to go okay. all in on Lemon. I'm going Lemon. Um, and he agreed to direct the movie. That's, hey, it's a good thing he agreed because he did it. <laughs> exactly. Um, Rather than not yeah. agreeing, but then having to do it anyway. Yeah, I know we'll get into the plot in just in looking at the movie and then looking at Michael Michael Lehman's filmography, you get the sense that more of the success of the movie came from the script. Mm. But then but then in the movie, the two are working really well together. I mm-hmm. think it's just that Michael Lehman has had a kind of journeyman career where he's doing clear just for higher jobs, whereas mm-hmm. Daniel Waters seems to be more. Uh, you know, I mean, he wrote Hudson Hawk, but has a bit more of a narrow. Hey, Michael yeah. Lemon directed Hudson Hawk, so. Hey, that's true. <laughs> um, yep. Daniel Waters just seems to have a bit more of a voice. Yes, definitely. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in a bit, but it is probably, I think it's named often in lists as one of the most quotable movies. Mm-hmm. Just because it, it really is. The dialogue is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, Michael Lemon really just kind of goes, does some some movies, and then pretty quickly gets thrown into the TV world and uh, has been doing TV really since then, since like the 90s. Last one yeah, he did he is the... Yeah. Woman in the house. I had to write it down because it's so long. The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window, which we did watch, but it is a very long title. And also, I think it's not good. <laughs> You're gonna go on record and say I'm gonna go on record. It's not worth watching. You think it's gonna be funny. It's incredibly mm-hmm. self-serious. And then there are random, really broad beats. Right. Which are kind of funny. We'll say Mary Holland. Incredible in that. Mm-hmm. As always. As always. Love Mary Holland. Uh, Kristen Bell has a little connection to the Heather's universe as well, which we can talk about a little bit later. Okay. Interesting. Um, But yeah, I mean, he does a lot of uh, sitcoms and comedy TV things. Mm-hmm. So he, he's still using, I think, his comedy chops from Heather's. Mm-hmm. to uh into the rest of his career right right makes sense daniel waters you know after heather's doesn't work too often sometimes like 10 year gaps in between things well batman returns really i think through a big wrench into things because it is yeah. truly i mean like Look, I love The Dark Knight. Dark Knight is one of my favorite favorite movies, uh, sincerely. Batman Returns is truly the darkest mm. superhero movie of all time. It's, it's still campy and strange, but it's like, you know, it's the one with Danny DeVito has like disgusting oh, goop. blood goo, goop foaming from his mouth. And he wants to kill all of the firstborn sons of gotham city Mm. on his path to becoming mayor of gotham and michelle pfeiffer is depressed catwoman like it's a really strange script Mm -hmm. uh that i'm shocked he got the chance to write 
presumably after Heather's. So I can see why mm -hmm. he's not totally uh, a fit for mainstream Hollywood, even though then he writes freaking Vampire Academy. I know. Then he writes Vampire Academy. Directed by his brother. Yeah. And they produced it together. And what's so funny, his brother is Mark Waters, who is the director of mm -hmm. Mean Girls, Freaky Friday, um, mm -hmm. amongst other movies kind of similar to that. Um, and Mean Girls is so much a clear kind of high school movie that Heather's really takes down. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're each responding basically to the, the teen movies and teen, and teen culture as filtered through pop culture mm -hmm. of their time yeah. but yeah you maybe don't get mean girls or you don't get a mean girls that's quite as biting right without heathers right exactly um the original ending for heathers jd successfully blows up the school um mm -hmm. and all of the students have a prom in heaven um the studio didn't uh seem to click with that so much for some reason thought it was too dark or something so they had him change it well in some ways it's optimistic they all go to heaven they all go to prom yeah. and that's the goal of any high school movie that's sweet <laughs> i mean it is true i guess we'll talk about it in a little bit but ultimately jd does think that they all will go to heaven not even hell he does think they all like he has he explicitly says at the end of the movie that yeah. they'll all get along in heaven. And it's the only That's place true. they get along. Well, and he would have been right. <laughs> yeah. Because had he gotten away with it, <laughs> they would have all ended up. I mean, the actual ending, which we'll get to, is a, a better choice just because it brings things back down to, uh, uh, you know, back down to Earth, really. Yeah. Which going to heaven would do the opposite of. Yeah. It's about as far from Earth as you can get. Um except for hell. Do you do you want to talk a little bit about the plot of the movie? I don't think I can keep track of all the different heathers. Um, so I'll I'll leave this to you. Okay. I'll generously. Yeah. All right. I guess just because I've seen it a lot. Um so you have Veronica Sawyer played by Winona Ryder, who has become part of a popular clique at school known as the Heathers, comprised of three girls all named Heather. You have Heather, Heather Chandler, who is the main one, i.e. red, because that's her color. You have Heather Duke, who is yellow. Okay, she's a cheerleader. And you have Heather... No, wait. No, I've mixed that up already. Okay. okay, Heather Duke is green, and she's kind uh -huh. of the the second in command wannabe leader, which becomes important. And then Heather McNamara is yellow. Okay, the colors are very important, I think. And Veronica they should is have blue, the colors so correspond with the M and M's. <laughs> they should all be actually M and M's instead of people. <laughs> um, that should I, they should now that M and M's is taking a break from from using the actual m&m guys maybe they can come back i think back. that's a bit no it's not it's well, because of the all right groups or who is oh, it that's but fair but yeah, that's true there was the pressure but my theory is that there's a, in a super bowl ad they're going to lampoon it and have mm. the m&ms come back as the heathers and interact with maya rudolph yeah they're gonna blow up and have a prom in heaven <laughs> 
Um, that rocket ship is finally going to blow up. Eminem's <laughs> commercial. And we reveal we're actually in the basement of Westerberg High. <laughs> <laughs> and the My orange favorite line in Heather's is, no, this is an envelope. <laughs> um, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That was my impression of the orange M&M at the end of that commercial. Okay. Um, so, yes. So, pretty much we have red, green, and yellow Heathers. Um, mm-hmm. That's really how you can mostly distinguish them <laughs> throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Veronica's part of this group. They are mean. They are very mean. Um, and they just kind of go around bullying and terrorizing people. Um during lunch one time one day veronica meets christian slater's character jd who's kind of uh uh let's just say an odd duck a bit of a of a dark horse as she calls him and um some jocks threaten him he pulls a gun and shoots blanks at them so that's where we're starting off with his character um he and veronica start falling in love, dating. Um, Veronica starts growing a conscience and um, rejecting all the cruel things that the Heathers are doing. Um, she gets into a fight with Heather Chandler at a college party um, because she uh, throws up on Heather Chandler and then they exchange some iconic lines. Um, and the next day, Veronica goes to apologize to Heather get back in with her um jd pretends like they were actually gonna go there and kill her have her drink like liquid liquid plumber essentially or some kind Mm -hmm. of cleaning liquid drano drano she's veronica's like no no that's we we obviously can't kill my best friend um but she accidentally does give her that cup heather chandler dies and veronica and JD write her suicide note. Um, she then becomes Heather Chandler becomes kind of uh, an icon in her post mortem life. After people see the suicide note, they think she actually is very deep and has a lot of brains, um, which she was not. She was just a mean girl. Um, mm-hmm. And then JD and Veronica kind of fall down this path of killing these other students most notably um ram and uh who's ram and somebody else the other jock guy. the other jock they make people think that they were gay lovers. right they make them think they're gay um it sparks a whole a whole kind of frenzy in the school about um students killing themselves when really it's jd and veronica doing that um, mm-hmm. However, it does have an effect on other characters. Uh, Martha Dunstock, a character that the Heathers really pick on a lot at the beginning, um, tries to kill herself. And um, one of the other Heathers, Yellow Heather, Heather McNamara, also tries to kill herself, which makes Veronica realize what she's done, that JD and her morals don't align. Mm-hmm. She tries to break up with him multiple times. He does not accept that because he's uh he's kind of left the building he's um mm-hmm. kind of all in on murdering i would say um mm-hmm. he goes to 
kill Veronica. She has already pretend- pretended to hung herself. Um, and so he decides he's going to blow up the school and all the students. Um, in which Veronica hears him say and then goes to stop him, which she does. And he uh, decides just to blow himself up. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's the end. That's the end. Um, so we obviously know that the movie stars Winona Ryder and Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious if you came across this in any of your research um, about a possible actor who who uh, was in the running to play JD. There are, now I know there were a lot of people, but um, it's quite an unexpected one. Yeah, pretty unexpected and was denied casting. But uh Wait, who are you thinking of? Mr. Mr. Former Jolie. Oh Mr. Pitt. Uh that's not who I was thinking oh, of. Oh, who are you thinking of? Um Director of Tar, Todd Field. No way was in the top five. Because that man has had the strangest career of all time, <laughs> from inventing Big League Chew as a child to being an actor for over a decade. But um, yeah, he was up for the role of JD and says that like not getting that changed everything for him because he um, was to- he was told by his agent, you're going to get it, you're going to get it. But they didn't know when the decision was going to come in. So he took a low-budget part in a Roger Corman movie mm-hmm. instead, which eventually, you know, set him on the path to actually being able to direct his own stuff. Interesting. Interesting. Um, no, I just had read that Brad Pitt read for it and didn't get it. I mean, that would have made sense as well. Yeah. A little old. A little old but... and not quite intense enough, I think. No, and then Slater's doing... His best Nicholson. Right. Which works. Which really works in this. Um, Justine Bateman and Jennifer Conley originally mm-hmm. up for Veronica. Uh, Winona Ryder really just begged and begged for this part. Yeah, she, she really wanted it. She really, really wanted it. Um, yeah, lots of other lots of other stars. Heather Graham, I think, was up for Heather Chandler. But I think her parents didn't approve of the movie, so. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. It's pretty dark. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this it's a movie about, about teens killing teens. Um, now, what in your twisted mind... <laughs> makes that something that you feel comfortable laughing at. <laughs> okay, well let's start with how quotable it is. I think mm-hmm. I think what part of what makes it such um such a big cult classic is the quotability. Um and Daniel Waters specifically wanted to I don't know if he was going for oh, I hope my movie is quoted by a bunch of people. But he was going for a really specific slang that would feel timeless mm-hmm. and not um, kind of rejecting any use of 80s slang or you know mm-hmm. anything like that so that any generation could watch it and um, not feel like it's dated. 
it's kind of a Juno effect in that way, I think. Mm-hmm. In fact, in just kind of Absolutely. quirky dialogue that really sticks with you. Yeah, a specific sensibility. Mm-hmm. And really specific voice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's also, I don't know. It's what makes it funny. It's just, it is quite morbid. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean, incredibly morbid, but also, I mean, I think the if you put it in place of the time, it's morbid, but the comedy is not coming from the place where it's sort of coming today. It's coming mm-hmm. from the absurdity that that these comfortable rich kids would get so bored, essentially, right, um, with their humdrum lives that they would resort to to killing each other. Right. Um, now, of course, you know, like just a few years after this is is Columbine, mm-hmm. so it kind of it was made at the last possible time in right. which it could have been been made, and it still works now. It's just recontextualized with the idea of like JD feels less like a metaphor, mm-hmm. um, and more like a real person. Right. Exactly. Um. It is just so, it's just such a contrast from John Hughes and Daniel Waters um, did want to contrast the optimistic teen movies of the era um, by presenting, he said, a cynical depiction of high school with a kind of a dark satire about, yeah, rich white kids not really Mm -hmm. having much problems and yet either wanting to kill themselves or wanting to murder each other yeah i I think i wonder if maybe the three-hour version was even more of a of just sort of a broad sort of social satire because Mm -hmm. i feel like you can see echoes of the kubrick version in in the scenes that um that veronica has with her parents of the repetition of the context is slightly different, but she calls her dad an idiot. He <laughs> laughs a little bit. The mom says, Oh, you too. Um, obviously the movie is much more targeted in its, in its satire, but you could see a version where it's just fully taking down each and every peg of suburbia. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, I don't know, there's so many parts to it that shouldn't make it funny, but do. I think largely the cruelty that they have towards each other does feel more realistic than a John Hughes movie. Where, Absolutely, like, yeah. You know, not certainly not to the extent that Heathers takes it, but like the lunchtime polls and Heather Chandler not wanting to talk to the nerds and the mm-hmm. mean prank they're pulling on Martha Dunstock where they forge a note mm-hmm. from the f- football player she likes that says mm-hmm. she he's in love with her. Like that stuff, I don't know, at least when I was in high school, that stuff did happen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of more realistic, but also just some good jokes i think mostly between um veronica 
and the Heathers being really mean mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's you can laugh at that because they're all rich, popular, mean girls being calling each other, um, you know, bitches and and jerks and things like that. Well, not jerks. I mean, they're a lot more mean than that. But <laughs> you <laughs> bitch, you absolute jerk. <laughs> Um, so cool. yeah, well, there's there's also just a lot of um a lot of humor that can be mined from places that are actually a little bit more um I think emotionally uh a little bit even though they can be read as cynical it's a little bit generous too like the movie makes smart points about the way everyone's flaws are smoothed over mm-hmm. um uh, when they're dead you know in mm-hmm. the case of of the first Heather, like it's funny that everyone immediately thinks she was this genius because mm-hmm. of a suicide note that she didn't write. Mm-hmm. But even though there's a cynical angle to that, that's very funny. There's also like, well, yeah, they are also, it's very believable that people, right. uh, she was horrible. And yet, well, she left an imprint on their lives. They're still gonna, gonna miss her. And the same mm-hmm. can be like these asshole jock dads like it's very funny that they never would have accepted their sons for being gay which in fact they weren't but mm-hmm. it then it's also funny because yeah it is kind of sweet too that they have the i love my my dead gay son mm-hmm. moments because the nastiness can only work if there's at least a little bit of a more genuine emotion somewhere in there yeah and i think that's that um that emotion so many of these characters are so so sad um Mm -hmm. especially heather duke and heather mcnamara um heather duke more so at the beginning there was one moment i when i watched it i was like this is so so sad i mean i think it was when she was going to throw up after lunch um Mm -hmm. and you just see just kind of the real sadness in her eyes um and heather mcnamara trying to kill herself towards the end i mean it's Mm -hmm. that part does ground it in a way that does make it feel kind of brutally real to high schoolers Mm -hmm. um but then you have this kind of just ridiculous (laughs) ridiculous for that time but not anymore you know of jd wanting to kill these assholes in his school Mm mm-hmm yeah i mean ultimately it's all grounded through incredible writing of um of veronica as well as Mm -hmm. winona just absolutely nailing it because it's very very difficult to pull off going from the nicest popular girl who's still really mean to Mm -hmm. um accidental killer to kind of an intentional killer to Mm -hmm. back to just a regular a teenager that wants to do the, the right end. thing yeah yeah which really just gets into the movie being so smart about um about the way i think people in the high school age are so um intent on forging an identity for themselves yeah. that they'll make such extreme shifts mm-hmm. from one pendulum to the other when none of them are actually who who a person necessarily is yeah um Veronica, from start to end, is still a mostly nice, mostly decent person. But mm-hmm. 
just whatever group she's caught up in at the time determines yeah. you know murderous behavior or not <laughs> yeah and i will say also veronica one of the few high school characters that can really pull off a monocle mm-hmm. yeah pretty indeed. impressive i would say i agree yeah okay what else do you what else do you think makes it so funny um i mean the direction is pretty strong uh, um even though i think michael lehman it's really been really been largely beefing it in the decade since. No mm-hmm. offense, sir. Um yeah, you directed the comeback, of... some episodes of the comeback. Oh, okay. There you go. Um but also just casting, I think, uh makes makes it really work because like you have to believe that some of these kids are real mm-hmm. and some of them are more um like some of the Heathers have real dimension to them but they're more could be cast in a john hughes movie whereas some of the more regular kids or like martha you know wouldn't be right right and i think that mix really does help it make make it feel more real Mm -hmm. more like a real high school yeah um should we talk a little bit about what the heathers franchise has become (laughs) yeah we could talk a little bit about that um spun off both a musical in um 2014 between like 2014 and 2018 when it also ran in um the west end and then Mm -hmm. a tv show also in 2018 which did it ever air? I know it was going to be on TV Land. It did. So, well, it was going to be on TV Land, and then it kind of got moved around to right a bunch of different... Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> and then um, it kind of got moved around to a bunch of different networks, sold and things like that, ended up at Paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV show we can talk about. I don't know too much about it. I didn't watch it, despite my life. I've watched the pilot... It's clearly intending to like at the time it got a lot of hate um, that I think was kind of misattributed because Mm -hmm. it was intending to to um, satirize high school in the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, But people were taking lines that were meant to be satirical and being like, now, why on earth would these high school teachers be commenting on how hot the student who killed themselves was or not and it's like well that does well, happen in others but in the movie right yeah not how hot uh, she was but you know how popular and all that right um but you know the fact remains it it doesn't work the same way um no especially because by trying to make the cast more diverse they ended up <laughs> just completely missing the point of the characters that they were trying to um, satirize. Yeah. Like, so, you know, like yeah. a non-binary Heather. And it's like, oh, yeah, this person, they're really the most popular. And the this. cruelest person at school. Yeah. You know, like, right. I think from what I read, that seemed to be kind of the biggest miss is that um, in trying to diversify the Heather's it it did miss the satirical point of them being really rich white girls um mm-hmm. and satirizing that but then the show 
because it was diverse makes like people who would have been the victims of the headaches in the in the movie the cruel ones who then pick on mm -hmm. from what i read the football players or something like that so it kind of misses the point it flips it which could be interesting for a tv show about high school mm -hmm. certainly but in the context of heather and heather's in the the satire that it's trying to utilize it doesn't quite work yeah it's a real swing and a miss there was one episode i believe i think like the fifth or sixth episode is supposedly like a uh, from the visual perspective of a school shooter um yes so that i think that episode i think had to be fully pulled after the stoneman douglas high school shooting well so on time. that note it was going to air yeah. i believe in march or april but because of the stoneman douglas um shooting mm -hmm. it got postponed to june and then there was a shooting in santa fe um in mm -hmm. may so they pushed it to october mm -hmm. um and then aired it yeah and then they then there was another shooting in october so they pulled that episode you were talking about okay. um and then i think about a month later they finally aired the last couple of episodes so like there's never gonna be a good time if you're trying to distance yourself from a mass shooting in the U.S. because there's going to be another one that same month. Right, right. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it really, Heather's kind of only works in the context of 1989, and you have to watch mm -hmm. it in that context because otherwise it is, it is kind of too, too sad and a little bit too edgelordy mm-hmm yeah but thankfully others did come out in 1989 yes, thankfully and um as we mentioned a bit has pretty pronounced um influence it's still affecting teen movies today even if it's in mm -hmm. less blunt ways but mean girls is probably the most clear descendant yeah. can you think of any other specifically teen movies that i haven't seen it in a long time but uh clueless i feel mm -hmm. uh, uh like a lot of the 90s teen movies i think even though they are like clueless 10 things i hate about you a bit more um a bit like maybe closer to the john hughes type mm -hmm. comedies i think they do get a bit more bite to them than than those 80s mm -hmm. movies so I think that could be potentially from Heather's. Um, mm -hmm. I think you do get more, especially in the 90s, more variety of um, teen movies. I think maybe um, what you were talking about before, Sex Lies in. Oh, with the independent. With independent movies. movies. Yeah, but that's like, true because like, but I'm a cheerleader. Right. And Dayston. But it's likely. Yeah. Dayston Confused, Crybaby, Election. Those are all from the 90s. And I think those are all um, mm -hmm. maybe not clear descendants of Heather's, but definitely Heather's contributed to uh, 
culture where mm-hmm. high school movies could be a bit more could, could be a bit darker or a bit more mm-hmm. um breaking the mold from uh John Hughes type definitely team movie you've also got jawbreaker a movie we did not finish did not finish that did is definitely finish. it's just a heathers um, a heathers yeah <laughs> Um, that was really mean. That was like way too mean. Heather's, no, Heather's is mean, but does have good jokes. Does have like really mm-hmm. clever mm-hmm. punchlines. So, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's important that the they're mean to each other. They are mean to everybody else. Mm-hmm. They do die as well mm-hmm. because they are so it's mean. True. And they, they die because they're mean. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. In Jawbreakers, we did not. In Jawbreakers, didn't they just kill her just because they thought it would be funny? I think so. That was that was scary. I didn't like that part. No. Um, um, Ghost World seems maybe tangentially um, related as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the musical, mm-hmm. which I loved my senior year um here's the Kristen bell connection had um had did their workshops in la um Mm -hmm. three workshops and Kristen bell was veronica oh makes sense yeah um what's interesting about the musical we've both seen the musical Mm i i do love the musical and what i like about it is that it is it's the same story. It has a lot of the lines that they then turn into songs. Um, but it does feel pretty different. It, it kind of feels mm-hmm. like a different entity than the movie. Um, yeah, they take a different approach. It's definitely more because it's a musical. It's about as dark as you could really let a musical get, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But it is pretty poppy. It's not as... It's not as satirical, not as um doesn't go as dark as the movie goes. Mm-hmm. Um just has good songs, in my opinion. Yeah, it's good. There's a um if anyone has Ro- the Roku channel, they can stream it for you can free. See the you can stream the pro shot for free. Yeah. Um yeah. Now Heather's itself it spawned this whole multimedia franchise. Mm-hmm. But did not exactly do Bafo Bio. Only made about a million bucks. On a budget of three million, right? Um, so in other words, the investors at the time were rubbing their pennies together, mm-hmm. saying, what the hell? But then they wait a couple decades. They probably made a nice, tidy profit. Yeah, and I think... um. From what I read, there was a large home media section on Wikipedia, both VHS, oh, yeah. laser disc, right? yep, mm-hmm. and then it has had a long DVD mm-hmm. re-release and uh, 4K release and Blu-ray and special Blu-ray and 20th anniversary and lots of mm-hmm. different iterations of that, which I think they probably recouped some money on that as well. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, talk to me when you're releasing Heather's in 40x. 
they shake you I feel when like you're running in shooting the, blanks at me <laughs> when you're they're running in the uh in the forest your chair shakes around <laughs> when they're That'd making out in their car shaking around <laughs> and they're making it on their car someone kisses you <laughs> um for our, our weekly roger report what do you think eb gave it uh my guess four? is i might have seen but i think i'm not sure two and a half or three he gave it a two and a half out of four that's fair for for old Raj. yeah he he thought that um, the mixed sensibility as a dark murder comedy and a cynical morality play led to a difficult difficulty understanding its point of view. You know, I think the movie's point of view is fairly clear, but Roger was <laughs> what forty. Yeah, uh, you know, dude in his forties. I think the fact that he was trying to grapple with Heather's at all is, is <laughs> commendable. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I just like how it starts too with this mm-hmm. kind of surreal. Uh, is it, they play croquet. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, croquet. Um, that's definitely. As I think that's like the definitely the most rich white girl game that you could pick for them to play. It's quite perfect. That's true. Have you ever played croquet? Look, we had we bought a set from Target that was croquet and bocce ball. We played a little bit of them. I think after I saw Heather's too, I was like, oh, we have that somewhere. Yeah. I'll go find it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I only played it a couple times when my grandparents had it. Yeah. Um, but it is such a, I feel like it's such a forgotten about game. That's quite perfect mm-hmm. for that. Now, but, bocce ball people still play. Bocce's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's it just it just starts you off on such a surreal uh, note with the croquet balls hitting Veronica's head that's been buried right. in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of starts you off expecting it to be pretty weird, dark, mm-hmm. and not a John Hughes movie. Yeah, but then by the time we end, it's like, oh, these two friends are going to go rent some movies. Yeah. You still get the emotional payoff of a John Hughes movie, which is really, really difficult considering where it starts. I kind of like, too, that they didn't, she didn't go to Betty Flynn to rent mm-hmm. movies. Like, I like that she purposely went to Martha Dunstock to, um, mm-hmm. to make that right Mm -hmm. make that wrong right which i think probably a lesser movie a movie a mod more modern movie would have probably combined those two characters Mm -hmm. but i think because you keep them separate you get Mm -hmm. an aspect of okay veronica did ditch her really good friend to -hmm. go hang out with these people Mm -hmm. and it kind of pays off it, it the payoff is better that it's not her old friend that it's like someone mm-hmm. she probably hasn't ever really talked to yeah but is trying that's... to make a new friend right yeah because she yeah. single-handedly well 
she and JD were the reasons that girl tried to kill herself. So it's true. She kind of owes <laughs> okay. her and should never tell her, though. No, should never tell her, but definitely owes her a lot more than just a movie night. Honestly, she should give her like six thousand dollars. <laughs> they have a they, They're money. having like pate at night. Pate, Orleans truffles. They all have sorts a, of fancy stuff. They have all kinds of fancy stuff at her house. Honestly. Um, would you would you like to tell the fine folks at home what we're covering next week? Sure. We are we're switching gears. We're done with our our dark rom-com series for the month of Feb. Mm -hmm. We are going abroad next month, starting with uh, a little comedy called Playtime. That's right. Jacques Tati's Playtime. So get out those baguettes. Get your berets. Start defending a creep because we are going to France. Oh God! Not Jacques Tati, but his character. Well, I don't know. I just know the French love to defend horrible, (laughs) horrible men. And Um, the French actually do wear berets. You guys, they do. We went there Mm -hmm. last year, and when we were we were already abroad. Okay, it's nothing crazy, Mm -hmm. but uh, Mm -hmm. they actually do wear those little hats. I was shocked. They look ridiculous, but they pull it off. They pull it off. They really do. Yeah. It's the confidence. I think an American could never pull off. Tell you what. A beret. I was at work this weekend. Someone walked in with a beret. And it was. You clocked them. I I clocked them. I clocked it. And then I clocked them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. There were two clocks. You clocking them. (laughs) You clocking them again. (laughs) Me clocking the hat. And then immediately <laughs> clocking them. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> it was shocking, though. A bright pink beret. God, how hideous. In Montana? Uh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You're going to have to take that off. Uh, You're going to have to take that off. And uh, let me see your American citizen card, because that's just been rescinded. <laughs> I need to get, you need to give me your passport. I need it.